Welcome to this To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly. I am so excited today to talk to you about a very important, I don't even know if I can call it a topic, honestly. It is like a fundamental of our Christian faith. And this is the topic of intercession. I want to ask you, when you hear that word intercession, what do you think about? Do you think about the little old ladies at the church who like to pray for hours and hours in the closet and you're thinking, okay, that's a team that is designated at my church. Or do you think about maybe a friend who you can always call and rely on because they're going to intercede for you. I want to really bring to attention to our hearts and our spirits right now that intercession is so much more than what I just described. Intercession is something that God has called you and myself into. And I want to be very straightforward with you. I am concerned about the lack of intercession, the understanding of it, the literal execution of intercession in the body of believers. Now, here's my story. I went through a very profound experience in the intimacy with God where I learned to be loved by him. I knew how to soak in music with him. I knew how to let him love me and heal me. And it's, it changed my life. And my fellowship with the Holy Spirit is real tight. Him and I talk all day long. I'm telling him about things. I'm asking him things. He's, you know, putting things in front of me to notice and to understand. And there's the word of God that of course is the lamppost and it's the light to our path. And it's just so beautiful. But I want, I want to really go to a whole nother place with prayer. And I want to uncover this area called intercession. There's many different types of prayer. There is chatting with God. There's conversing with God. There's, you know, like a friend, you're going to, you're going to have a conversation with a friend and it's like, Hey, we're just, you know, having fun. We're laughing. Or you sit down with that friend and you're talking about something super serious, or you're working on a project together. I just want you to notice right now how many different angles that we can come into a conversation with, with people. It's the same with God and prayer in the largest sense is conversation with God. But there's an area, a branch of prayer called intercession that's very, very specific. And for me, I had to go through some very difficult things. I don't have time today really to um, unpack that. And that's not really what it's about. I really want to teach you intercession is what I want to do today. But I walked through some very difficult things in my life and realized that I had some vulnerable areas, some uncovered areas in my life that allowed the enemy to come at me hard. And he came in and really found my vulnerable spots. And I found myself feeling depressed. I found myself feeling like I had no purpose when maybe three days earlier, I felt like I was on fire. I knew what I was doing with my life. I knew what God wanted me to do. And suddenly as, it's as if I stepped into a cartoon and stepping on the leaves in the forest and boom, you're caught right around the ankle, hung upside down by that rope. And you're thinking, wait a minute, how'd I get here? I'm suddenly upside down. I don't know North from South, East to West. I didn't understand that I had to, and I had the privilege of really coming to a place where I could 
open up heaven. I could unzip heaven and I could pull down the things that heaven had for me in my life. Let me give you three different examples of intercession. We might intercede when we realize the poop is at the fan. Okay, let's just talk about here I am hanging upside down in this trap and all of a sudden I'm feeling oppressed. I'm feeling confused. My business feels like off. I feel like I'm in a brain fog. I'm not connected with my children. Maybe that's something that's going on and you literally know something's wrong. Like it's obvious something's wrong. Something, you know, I I got trapped somewhere. What happened? And you might want to naturally explain that away. You might say, oh, it's my fault or, oh, I'm not worthy enough. And, And we will always come into this place in the natural of probably criticizing ourselves, condemning ourselves, when in reality, what's happened is the enemy just set a trap for you. And so now we're hanging upside down, the poop is at the fan, and now we need to go into intercession. Okay, that's one way we can intercede. But let's not that let that be the only way, okay? So the second way we can intercede is when we sniff out something fishy. Have you ever just felt like, let's think about your kids. Mothers, you know this. You think about your kids and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I wonder what's going on with that one right there. What's going on? Is there something going on? And there's no evidence for it in the natural. There's nothing that you can say, oh, they behaved this way or did this, but you just have this sense. And I know women sense danger. I think it was like six or seven times faster. I don't know who can prove that, but that's what they say is that we sense danger faster than males. And so we smell something fishy. The poop has not hit the fan, but I can smell the poop somewhere. Where is it? What is that smell? What is that thing I'm discerning? And so in that state of mind or that spiritual posture, that's when we go, I'm going into intercession. I can't put my finger on this. I don't know what's going on, but I'm headed into intercession and I'm going to pull something down from heaven to earth. And that's what the, the Lord's prayer says. It says, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we do in our prayers, with our mouth, with the words that come out of our mouth that we vocally speak, we pull from heaven the things that do not yet exist on the earth. And so we might just sniff something out. And you know what I did? Unfortunately, for many years of my life, I ignored it. It's almost like I took Febreze and just started spraying the smelly fish, like something's fishy, something's up. But you know what? That must be me just being judgmental. That must be me just being fearful. That must be me just like having a weird day. I must be off. And I would criticize and judge myself and even judge myself saying, Jenny, you're being judgmental over that situation. You need to back off. And so I felt better being a person that extended mercy than extended discernment and said, hold on a minute, something's off here. And so what happened was I ignored discernment and I decided I must be off here. I'm just going to spray for breeze on this thing. And I'm going to pretend like it's not even there. And what happened was the enemy came in and got me real good. I want to tell you, he got me real good in 2019. And you know what I learned? I learned that we're not going to do that again. And I said, Lord, I'm ready to be teachable. I'm ready to understand what happened. And I don't ever want to go through that again. And I don't want my family to ever 
go through that again. The Lord had to talk to me about my flesh, feeling better about being a person of mercy. It was always, it's always easier to say, oh, nothing's going on with that child. They're, they're just, they're perfect. Basically. I love them so much. They're, they, they, they could never do anything off. They don't, they don't have any ill things in their heart. Um, I mean, I, I, there's no way that they would go do the things that I used to do. Right. God, right. God. (laughs) Meanwhile, God's like, I'm giving you clues to go and pray because there is a trap that's been set for that person. There's a trap that's been set for you. And what I'm doing in this intercession, instead of ignoring it and explaining it away and spraying Febreze on it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to see it for what it is. Look right there. See those leaves right there. If you look a little closer, there's a rope under there. Look a little closer. In fact, take your hand and take here, use this rake, pull the leaves off that thing. Do you see that? And boom, here comes the trap and it pulls the rake up instead of you. Okay. So that's the second way that we can respond in intercession is we get praying because we say, you know what? Something's fishy. I can't put my finger on it, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to follow my discernment and I'm going to pray and I'm going to pull things down from heaven right now. And so that's the direction we go. Let me give an example. My mom, the other day, she texted me pretty early in the morning. And she said, Hey, when I woke up this morning, she said that one of my kids was in her spirit right when she woke up and she sensed an underlying sadness in them. And she said, will you give her a hug? You know, tell her it's going to be okay. And so when my daughter woke up, I said, Hey, how are you doing today? And she's like, great. She's like middle child, happy, go lucky. And she's, she's like, good. And I said, do you have any sense of sadness at all? And she said, no, uh, uh-uh. And I thought, oh, okay, gotcha. So what we knew was the enemy was planting a trap. And you know what? Discerning mothers and grandmothers do. They go into intercession. And we say, you know what? We see you. We see you, enemy. We see the trap for sadness or depression or loneliness. And so then what we do is we go to scripture and we pull scripture into our armor, into our tool bag of weapons. And we begin to throw the word into that situation and hang with me here because I'm going to give you some how to's here at the end of this podcast. I'm going to talk to you about how you can go into intercession because that was the biggest thing for me is intercession. Okay. Isn't that for people who are like super spiritual, super deep? They're, they're the ones that like have the private meetings and prayer and they pray for like six hours and that's what they do. No intercession is what we are called to do. And it's not only that we're called to do it. It's not about doing a duty that God wants us to do. It's about a, a, an opportunity and it's about a privilege that you and I with full authority have access to heaven. We have access to heaven. And did you know, Ephesians 2, 6 says that you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. Your spirit If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places right this very second. So what we have to say is, you know what? This isn't a natural thing. I didn't text my mom and say, hey, I talked to her. Um, She's not sad. So I don't know why you're even thinking that. What I did is I went into prayer and I laid before her scripture about joy she was sitting doing some homework and I walked up behind her and just put my hands on her, gave her a kiss on the head. And I said, the joy of the Lord is your strength, Esther. 
You are so dearly loved. You are not alone. God is with you and he loves you so much. And it wasn't weird for her because that's what we do. We pray and we intercede. But what I was doing in my spirit and in my alone time and with time with her is I was taking authority over the territory of my family. No devil in hell is going to come and tear apart my family. And so I'm taking my rightful authority in intercession is taking territory. I think you can feel that right now. The Holy Spirit is saying they're starting to get it, Jenny. They're getting it right now. And so we are not victims on defense, flinching, hoping the enemy misses when he throws a dart at us, hoping, okay, you know, um, I'm a Christian. So that probably means that I'll never get attacked by the enemy, right? No, it means that you're actually a target. When your voice rises up and you have a prophetic voice, a voice that speaks the gospel, a voice that speaks out, you know what? We have a big old target on us right then, but you know what? It's okay because when we get sharpened to the very thing that I'm talking about today, when we get sharpened to rolling up our sleeves, getting our battle gear on and going into the battlefield and intercession, everything's going to be okay. Did you know the enemy really hoped that you didn't listen to this podcast today? He hopes you don't share it. He hopes you that you don't talk about it. He hopes that you don't take it to heart. He hopes that you think that this is just a ridiculous, over-spiritualized conversation. Because when the enemy, when, when, when he sees you and recognizes that you know your authority and you pick up the weapon of the word and you say, for example... No weapon formed against my family will prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against it shall be condemned. That's the word of God. And he knows that when you send it out, angels are backing up heaven to make sure that that word is performed over your life. And he just hopes that you will spend your devotion time reading the Bible and going, oh, look at me. I am so spiritual. I spent 20 minutes in the Bible. And that means that I'm so good right now. And I'm so spiritual. And I'm just on God's good list because I'm reading my Bible right now. You know, he doesn't care if you read your Bible. He cares that you pick it up like a weapon and jab it into his throat. Because the word of God does not return void. It doesn't. You send it out, it will not return empty. It goes out to accomplish the very thing that you sent it to do. And I'm going to prove that in scripture in just a minute, how powerful intercession is. Okay, so let's review. The first reason we would intercede is because the poop has hit the fan. Something's going down. Your teenager's in depression. You find out they're cutting and it is time to go to war. Here we go. Time to intercede. The second response in intercession would be, I smell something fishy. Something's going on. Something is a little off right there. Or maybe you have a business and you just feel like something's off kilter. You can't put your finger on it. There's no evidence for it, but you feel like something's fishy. Time to go to war. Why wait till the poop hits the fan? Because God is actually giving you the ability to look ahead and go, oh, I see what you're trying to do there, devil. I don't think so. And so we prevent the poop from hitting the fan. The third response to intercession that we haven't talked about yet, we intercede to lay out the red carpet 
for our life, our children, our businesses, our finances, our churches, our communities. And we look ahead and we say, God, what is your will for this church? And he says to you, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking me. I want a thousand people in this church in 2021. I want a thousand new people to come into this church body. And you're like, oh, wow, cool. So now it's not about interceding for danger. We're interceding for the will of God. We're, we're, We're with our mouth declaring, I thank you, God, that a thousand new people will come from obscurity, come from a place of maybe darkness, And we call their souls to stand to attention right now and their spirits to stand to attention and be awakened by the Holy Spirit and come into the church body, come into the house of God, be welcomed by a family who will love you, help you, lead you, guide you, correct you, bring them into the family, Father. I call a thousand in Jesus' mighty name. That's an example of interceding just for the glorious plan and the glorious future that God has for you and your life. So for whatever reason, that's the intercession that I had down first. I always pray when there's danger. It's like, uh uh-oh, here I am, poop at the fan, let's start praying. And I did know to pray to build something for my future. In fact, my husband and I were in a business for 20 years and I had very good mentors and they taught, hey, pull it from heaven, go to the storehouses of heaven, pull on the rope to the trap door, pull on that thing. And the blood of Jesus gives us access to heaven, by the way. We don't get access to heaven without the blood of Jesus. Jesus died for us to have so much more than we are even laying hold of. And so I just taught, got taught that, lay hold of heaven, pull it down. So my, my husband and I, we would go into intercession and we would build our business in the spirit realm first. And then we would see it manifest on the earth. I would go into my garage. I have so many fond memories of going in, shutting the door, walking in circles without the cars in there. I would just walk in circles and I would declare out loud with my mouth and I would just build my business in the spirit. And then it would be done and I would see it come to pass. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know why it took me the longest to get the second way of intercession, except for just to be awakened. I just wasn't awake to the fact that God would give me inside information to danger coming or even, I think I knew that God would tell me that, but I didn't trust it. I didn't trust my discernment. I believe in this hour, and this is a prophetic word, this is a corporate prophetic word, and probably why this was such an important message to release today, that God is going to give you, make you privy to some information of the future that you need to know. He's going to let you sniff out danger. He's going to let you sniff out treasures. He's going to say, let's go build this together. Let's do this together in intercession. He's going to give you access to the things in heaven in order to bring heaven to earth. And you are his foot soldier. You are the one that he's put a key in your hand. He's given you authority. You know, you know what keys are? Keys represent authority. Anybody that has a key like to the church or they have a key to the house, or they have the garage code key, right? They have the code. It's because they have authority. They've been given a certain measure of authority and God himself sent his son, Jesus to die, to go to hell, to get the keys, the authority back from hell is what he did. And then he came back, resurrected from the dead and gave you and I the keys. 
you and I are not victims of the kingdom of darkness. There is the kingdom of light and there's the kingdom of darkness and there's no kingdom in between. I'm going to say that again. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness and there's no kingdom in between. We right now on this planet, we are not home. This is not our home. The God of this world is Satan. This is the kingdom of darkness that we are on right now. And we've been asked by the father and given permission and full authority to pull on the rope, the trap door of heaven and pull on it with the authority he's given us and a mustard seed of faith and say, Lord, I see a void of joy in my family. I see a void of laughter in the kitchen with my family. I'm seeing kids argue. I'm in arguments with my husband. I am feeling stress in my home. And that simply won't do because this isn't what heaven looks like. So I'm going to pull heaven to earth in Jesus mighty name. And I'm going to go find some scriptures that speak joy and peace. And I'm going to begin to speak them. I'm going to walk around my house into every room, into every space, into every closet, every bathroom. And I'm going to speak the word of the Lord and I'm going to send it into every space. And I'm going to declare and decree that my house, we will serve the Lord and there will be joy. And the Prince of peace will be established in this home. We were driving home from house church the other day. And it was all seven of us. It was really awesome. It's very, very few times that all seven of us, my husband and I and our five kids are in the same place at the same time. A lot of times we take two cars places, you know, and we're in the car and we came out of church. It was awesome. My daughter told her testimony. It was such a good time. And we were driving home and it all was good. And then all of a sudden, two of them started arguing. And then in the back seat, the other two are arguing. And then there's an argument between this person and this person. And I just said, hold on. Right now, I take authority over confusion, chaos, and an argumentative spirit right now. I take control over this atmosphere and I command peace to rule the atmosphere right now. And I just said, everybody stop. Peace will rule the atmosphere right now. As mothers, it's very tempting to say, Johnny, stop. Eden, stop. Deborah, stop. Lori, stop. Macy, stop, stop, stop fighting. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> like our favorite word is moms, right? But what if we took our authority and instead of telling people in the natural to stop, which I'm not saying that we shouldn't redirect. We absolutely should. But I am challenging you to take authority over an atmosphere. I'm challenging you to intercede and say, hold on a minute. I'm sniffing something out here. There's an attack right now to get everybody arguing, arguing with each other. And it's always either going to church or coming from church, let's be honest. And I am going to take authority over this atmosphere right now and peace will rule this atmosphere right now. And you know what everybody did? They stopped fighting. It was over. And then we started talking about some other really pleasant stuff. It was done. And I don't think that that's weird. I don't think that my children are like, oh my gosh, my mom's super spiritual. Nope. What they're doing is they're going, gosh, thank goodness. That was aggravating. That was annoying. Right. And they understand and they're learning how to take authority over their atmosphere. So let's talk about the power of intercession. I'm going to bring us to Acts chapter 12. 
All right, Acts chapter 12. I'm gonna read quite a stretch of scripture. I want you to stay with me because I'm gonna give you a template for intercession and you do not want to just listen to this podcast and not get a template. There is no formula for intercession, but I can give you a template to get you started so that you at least have a direction to go in. So this is Acts 12, Peter's miraculous escape from prison. All right, verse one. During this period, King Herod incited persecution against the church. Sound familiar? Causing great harm to the believers. He even had the apostle Jacob, John's brother, beheaded. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the feast of Passover. 16 soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could bring him to public trial immediately after the Passover celebrations were over. The church, here's verse five, the church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. So get the picture. Peter's been thrown in prison. The the church is under persecution. So what did the church do? The church is not a building. It's a body of people. It's a family. They went into a season, not, you know, Monday is intercession day. They went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. Their friend, Peter, their family member, Peter was in prison and with 12 guards, was it? 16, I'm sorry, 16 soldiers were guarding him. This is, this is gonna take a miracle. Intercession time, the poop is at the fan, we better intercede. So they went into a season of intercession asking God to free him. Verse six, the night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains. Get the picture, two chains. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guards stationed outside his cell door. We got tons of guards here. When all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with a brilliant light, the angel struck Peter on the side to awaken him and said, hurry up, let's go. Can you imagine it? He struck him on the side to awaken him and said, hurry up, let's go. Instantly, I love this, the chains fell off his wrists. The angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, bring your cloak and follow me. I want to point something out that just makes me laugh. Here we have Peter in chains, 16 soldiers and then some more, two chains bound, both wrists. Here comes an angel because of the intercession of the church, an angel is released to go free him from chains because the church is intercession. See, when we intercede, we release angels to do impossible things, which is break chains, somehow blind these men, okay? And now Peter is free. And this is the funny part. This angel could have simply grabbed his clothes, put his clothes on him, lifted his shoes up, and hover them over, however that works, however an angel would do that. He would hover the shoes over, slap them on Peter's feet, throw Peter over his shoulder and haul him out. But what you'll notice in scripture is that God will do what we can't do for ourselves, but he will ask us to do what we can do. What we can do. Peter can put on his clothes and put on his shoes. 
And this is a very amazing example of us as believers awakening to how this looks. Intercession, okay? Intercession is this image of you rolling up your sleeves and doing what you can do, which is use your authority that Jesus died to give you and collaborating with God and going in and interceding and praying. And then whatever God gives you, you go and do. Let me give an example. Let's say that I'm teaching my daughter about intercession. She's 18. She just got her first almost full-time job and a teacher of hers, she's a senior in high school, a teacher of hers recommended her to this job. She has a very low class uh, level right now. So she had a lot of time. So this teacher recommends it. She's like, mom, I don't know if I want to get this job. It sounds, you know, cause it's like intimidating, right? It's like almost 40 hours a week when you're 18, that feels like yikes. And so can you imagine if I told her, honey, you don't need to go get a job. Just go pray that God will open up heaven and give you money. Okay. And then, then you won't have to go into the memory care unit and do the stuff that's not going to be that much fun as a caregiver in an assisted living is what she's doing. And she's nervous. She's like, I hope I help these people good. And can you imagine how irresponsible that would be if I told her to go intercede and yet here comes an angel. And guess what? She's been praying for money. She's been praying for a job, literally been praying for a job. Could you imagine if I said, oh, that sounds hard. Oh my gosh, you're only 18, 40 hours. Oh honey, I don't want you to have to go through that pain. I don't want you to have to go give, you know, old ladies showers. Like, oh honey, I don't want you to have to go through that. Could you imagine how irresponsible that would be? And so I don't know how my 18 year old got recommended by her teacher. She got that favor. And then she gets a job that these people hire her right away. And now it's almost 40 hours a week. And they're teaching her how to become a full blown adult who can contribute to society. And it's like, uh, yeah. So she's like, should I take the job? And I said, what do you think? And she goes, well, I prayed for a job. <laughs> I said, well, there you go. Right. So here's this angel of the Lord saying, get dressed, put your shoes on. I think that's like such a cool example of how we live our life with Christ. But when we go into intercession and I'm going to keep reading this, this scripture here in a little bit, when we go into intercession, what we're doing ladies and gentlemen is we are going into heaven and getting the things that are not here. You know, if somebody doesn't have a job and they're like, I need a job and I've put in 40 different resumes. I've applied all these different places. I am stuck. I'm hitting a wall. Then you need to go to heaven and get the job in heaven. They'll pull, pull it down. Go get it. Say, okay, well, I'm up here in the storehouses of heaven. Let me look around. Let me look at this shelf. Oh, hey, what's this over here? Oh, it's a job with benefits. Father, would you give me a job with benefits? I'm actually not going to ask. I'm going to declare right now a, a job with benefits that pays me more than I even am thinking of right now. I'm pulling that down from heaven right now. In fact, I'm actually asking for a job with a team of people who can be pleasant to work with. I'm just going to put a cherry on top of that thing. And Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to, to put that right in front of me right now with no delay. Okay, then you get a call and you get a job offer and you're like, uh, how many hours a week? I was kind of wanting to work 30 hours a week, not 40. <laughs> Angel's like, hey, get your shoes on. 
right? So we got to do, we got to respond when we intercede and here comes the blessing and we want to, he's getting free. He's, of course, he's going to put his, his cloak on his shoes and his, um, and his clothes. Okay. So here we go. Verse nine, Peter quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he thought it was only a dream or a vision for it seemed unreal. He couldn't believe it was really happening. That'd be pretty amazing. Verse 10, they walked unseen. Okay, he blinded the soldiers. Do you know why? Because Peter couldn't blind them himself. This is something he can't do for himself. He blinded the soldiers. They were unseen. They walked past the first guard. And then the second, before coming to the iron gate that leads to the city and the gate swung open all by itself right in front of them. Again, the church is interceding for what Peter cannot do for himself. They went out into the city and were walking down a narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared. That's when Peter realized that he wasn't having a dream. He said to himself, this is really happening. The Lord sent his angel to rescue me from the clutches of Herod and from what the Jewish leaders planned to do to me. When he realized this, he decided to go to the home of Mary and her son, John Mark. This is awesome. The house was filled with people praying. Remember they're interceding? Remember they're interceding for him? And he's like, man, I'm going to show up to this place. When he knocked on the door to the courtyard, a young servant girl named Rose got up to see who it was. I could say so much about that name, Rose, and I will keep going. In the days to come, my friends, we will break that up. There's something really profound about that. Her name was Rose and she got up and went and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so excited that she forgot to open the door, but ran back inside the house to announce, Peter is standing outside. Remember, they've been praying and interceding this whole time. And are you ready for this? This is their response. Are you crazy? They said to her. But when she kept insisting, they answered, well, it must be his angel. Did you know that they didn't even believe her? They're inside interceding. And I just am so encouraged by this because sometimes I'm, I'm in intercession and I say this to God a lot. Well, here's my little tiny mustard seed. Meanwhile, we're sending an angel to blind over 16 soldiers, break open chains, break open a gate. And we're like, whew, hope this is working. I mean, this, this brings me a ton of hope because I know when I go intercession, I know that part of me sometimes is going, man, whew, I really hope that this is actually really happening. And meanwhile, look what's happening they sent, they got this angel to go free them. And yet they're still having a hard time believing it's even working. Isn't that cool? Well, it must be his angel because they don't believe it. Verse 16, meanwhile, Peter was still outside knocking on the door. When they finally opened it, they were shocked, shocked to find Peter standing there. He signaled for them to be quiet as he shared with them the miraculous way the Lord brought him out of prison. Before he left, he said, make sure you let Jacob and all of the other believers know what has happened. Wow. And you could re keep reading about this because it's such a cool, cool story, Acts 12. But I thought that would encourage you so much because it encouraged me that this church body came together for a season of intercession and said, that guy is done. He is toast. We've got to get him out of prison, but nothing in the natural that we can do will actually make that happen. And this is, this is where I want you to just say, hold on a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm getting awakened right now. There are some things in my life 
that I'm absolutely handcuffed. I'm as good as Peter handcuffed in two chains with 16 soldiers. I, I can't break through in this area. My son is addicted. I found XYZ paraphernalia in his room. Um, my grown son has walked away from the Lord. Maybe your marriage, like, we cannot get on the same page and I feel stuck. I feel chained. I feel like there are 16 guards preventing me from any progress in my business. Our finances are in the toilet. Well, my friend, congratulations for listening to this podcast because you know what? If you decide to go into intercession and you use the word of God as a weapon, not just something to read, but as a weapon, you will see the chains break the soldiers be blinded, the gate open, and you get freedom in that area. I can promise you that. Now, I'm going to say this before I give you the template, and then we're going to be done with this podcast. Keep listening. There's an interesting story about Daniel in the Bible. He's in a sticky situation. He starts praying for a rescue. 21 days later, an angel appears, and he says, what took you so long? Are you serious? I've been praying for 21 days straight. Where were you? And the angel says, I came at the first sound of your request. He says, we came, the army of angels came at the first sound of your intercession. But we hit a traffic jam in the demonic realm. They got in a battle in the demonic realm, in the kingdom of darkness. You know, sometimes angels have to go through the kingdom of darkness too. And they got in a battle and the angel said, it was because you didn't stop praying for 21 days that we were able to get through the traffic jam of the demonic realm. So it's a season of intercession. I have some people right now, we have a company called Forging Diamonds and we do coaching with people. And this week I have some women who we're going after this thing. We're pulling up their prayers. We're finding scriptures and we're going after the thing in their life that we need an angel of the Lord to show up. And then their responsibility is get your cloak on, get your shoes on and off we go. But we are praying for some things. And I told them, here's your, here's your prescription. Here's what you got to do. You got to pray this for seven days. And you know what? We prayed it together and they interceded right there on the phone. And guess what? They immediately immediately felt something shift. And I said, I, yep. And you're going to do it tomorrow too. And the next day and the next day, because the enemy will always circle around and he'll try to come back. He tries to come back. But if we oppose the enemy, he'll flee from us. We get too expensive when he can't get something out of us, when he can't get us down anymore, when he can't trip us up in the same area, he's been tripping us up in for the last eight, 10, 12, 20 years. And it stops and it's over, I promise you this, he's gonna go find another person to attack. Somebody who doesn't pray, somebody who doesn't intercede, somebody who doesn't know their authority, somebody who doesn't know that the Holy Spirit is working inside of them and they have more power than what's available to them in the natural. They're gonna go find somebody else. And you know what they're gonna do? They're probably gonna find somebody who's a believer because the believer is the one that has the most threat to them to make a difference. People who are not believers and they're not talking Jesus, the demonic realm already has them. They don't have to beat them to a bloody pulp. They're already beat up. But when you're a believer, you are the one that the enemy goes, hmm, ooh, vulnerable right there. Ooh, you don't pray in the morning. And, you know, honestly, 
I used to prioritize my workout time more than I did intercession. Because you know why? I was ignorant. I didn't know. I didn't know at all. And you know what I started doing? I started interceding on that spin bike. I started saying, oh no, you don't devil. Mm -mm." And I started going for intercession and using my voice, putting my spin bike in my, in my little loft up by my room so I could go for it. And I'm telling you, if you will commit to intercession, you will see chains break and things happen for you that right now you cannot make happen in the natural. Okay. So you ready for the template? It's very, very easy. I want you to identify a situation right now, either where the poop has already hit the fan and there's already a problem. It's like Peter in chains, right? Or identify something that you feel like, Ooh, I don't know what's up there, but something's going on. I smell something fishy or identify, Hey Lord, what do you want to do in the future? What do you want to do here? And you're, you're looking at one of those three ways of intercession that I, that I mapped out for you. Then what I want you to do is I want you to go to Google or any search engine and I want you to type in, let me use an example. I talked to a girl yesterday and she said that she felt, I said, how are you doing? And she said, I feel this very strange oppression, like um, a fog. I feel like heavy and overwhelmed and a little bit tired And I said, okay, keep going, keep describing to me. And she said, and a sense of unworthiness. Now, first and foremost, what I love about this conversation is she wasn't lying to herself. She's a high level businesswoman and she didn't come in and try to polish it with Febreze and just say, you know, my husband says polish a turd. She didn't go, oh, it's Jenny. I would never want to like make her think that I don't have a bad day. So I'm just going to sit here and lie to her and myself that everything's great, you know, but she wants to get somewhere. She wants to kick the devil's butt. She wants to advance in the kingdom. And so she was honest. And I said, okay, let's do this. So we got on Google and we, and she typed in, I had her type in unworthiness scriptures. I had her type in scriptures on being overwhelmed. Okay. And what I did is I had her read aloud. This is important. You can do this with a person or just do it with yourself with the Holy spirit. And I had her read aloud the scriptures that were popping up on the search engine. And I told her, read those aloud. And when one of those scriptures stands up on the inside of you and you feel your faith bolster, you feel a strength, you feel a shift when you read it. That's the one that we're going to use as a weapon. That's the one that we're going to declare out of your mouth. So we did that. And she came up with five different scriptures Every one of them were like feeling like life on the inside of her. We call that rhema word. Rhema word is when there is a word, a scripture that you, you feel, you feel it come alive on the inside of you, which means it's like a, um, the picture I get is like a stallion horse inside the gates before you open it and out they go, right? So it's like this, like, ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to town for you. I am ready to perform for you. The scripture, the word of God is ready to perform for you. It goes out to perform for you. And so I said, okay, you're gonna feel that thing stand up on the inside of you, like it's ready to roll. And when you read it, tell me which one it is. And she goes, okay. So she starts reading and she's like, okay, that one right there. So she picked out five different verses that she felt had that power on the inside. And they're all powerful, but I just want you to know that there's certain scriptures that God's gonna give you And you just have to go, ooh, right there, I feel that. And so then I said, okay, I'm gonna sit here and amen you and I want you to go and begin to 
put that word in the atmosphere and I want you to say it in first person. So instead of, you know, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Okay. It would be Jenny. God has not given me a spirit of fear. No, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, so if I use that scripture, I'm gonna make it personal. And then what I told her to do is we're not just gonna say that scripture once, we're going to hammer it because the word is a hammer. And if you think about hammering a nail into a board, you have to hammer, 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 hammer until it finally goes in. When you go into intercession, you're going to another realm. You're going, you're not in a natural place. You're not in a head place. You're going in to make something happen. And this is what I want you to do. Go in with the burden, in intercession, there's a burden like, okay, one of my kids, something's fishy. I don't know what's going on. I have a burden for them. So I'm going to go in with the burden in hand. And then I'm going to take that scripture and I am going to hammer it and I'm going to say it. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to declare it from every angle until I feel the nail go all the way in and you can feel the burden lift. Okay, you will feel it lift and you don't stop praying until you feel it lift. A burden will lift. Your spirit will feel it, okay? So let's say that I feel that one of my kids is struggling with fear. Then I'll go in and let's say, um, let's say it's Samuel, my second son, okay? My second child, I should say, he's my only son. But let's say I'm going in for him and I'm saying, Lord, you know, you know what's going on with my son. I don't really know what's going on, but I sense that there could be some fear or some intimidation. And so right here in Jesus name, I declare that God has not given Sam a spirit of fear, but he's given Sam power, love, and a sound mind. Sam, I call your spirit to attention right now. You have power, you have love, and you have a sound mind. I command chaos to leave your mind right now. I command a spirit of fear to be broken off of you right now. And I send that word out. You do not have a spirit of fear, but you have power, love and a sound mind. Love will be your anthem. Your mind is sound. Your mind is anchored. Your mind is clear. You have the mind of Christ. You are in the care of an almighty God. And I declare that there is a firewall all around you right now. There's a firewall all around you. And father, I thank you for putting a firewall all the way around Samuel right now. And within him, you place your glory. You place your glory within him right now in Jesus mighty name. And I'm going to, I'm going to go like this until I feel it lift. Now, here's the thing. I had three scriptures that I used right there. There were three scriptures about power, love, and a sound mind about the mind of Christ and a firewall. Those are all scriptures, but I used scripture to send it out. This isn't a technique. This is the word of God that goes out to perform for you and do for you what you can't do in the natural, what you can't do for yourself. You can't get to that deep place within your children, but you know who can? 
the one who created them. And these are things that you have to pray over yourself. These are the things that you have to just, okay, here I go. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear. So here's what happened. I have to tell you what happened. So, so let's review really quick. And then we're going to end this podcast. You are going to go to a search engine and you're simply going to say scriptures on blank and you're going to pull them up. You're going to begin to read out loud, not in your head, out loud, my friend, use your voice. No more embarrassment of hearing your own voice. The enemy doesn't want you to hear your own voice because faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. When the word of God comes out of your mouth, it goes back into your own ear and it builds you up in faith. So you're going to say these and they're going to find the, the scriptures that stand up on the inside of you. It might be one, it might be 10, it doesn't matter, but you're going to send them like a weapon which is the sword of the spirit. You're going to wrap your hand around that thing, wrap your heart and your spirit around it. And then you're going to send it out into that situation. You need to declare it and decree it and make it so until you feel the burden lift. You might do this for seven minutes. You might do it for two. You might do it for 30 seconds. You might be there for two hours until you feel it lift. I've done all of those things. I am watching my daughter right now walk in her life in the prayers that I prayed in my war room. In the natural, I was trying to help her and I was making it worse. She's a teenage girl and the enemy was after her prophetic voice. And I was trying to help her, trying to guide her, trying to mentor her. And it was not working. It was making it worse, putting a wedge between her and I. And the Lord said, this is intercession. You can't do for her what I can get on your face. For two years, a season of intercession I began to intercede. He began to show me pictures of her on the keys, worshiping, singing, leading worship. That was like, really, really God? Because that's the opposite of what I'm seeing and hearing from her right now. And you know what? She is living in those manifested prayers. The gal that I told you about yesterday, talked to her today and she said, Jenny, I went and interceded again with those five scriptures this morning. She goes, I feel like a gladiator. The rest of my day has been like, absolutely profoundly powerful. She's like, whoa, the word of God is powerful. And she's a believer. She loves God. She's a go-getter. But you know what? She just discovered the power of the word of God to go out and perform for her and her family and her business and her mind. We do not need to live with anxiety. We do not need to settle for sick. We do not need to settle for depressed. We do not need to settle for, oh, my kid is addicted and now I just need to do all these natural remedies. And I'm not saying the natural remedies aren't what God wants us to do because you know what? I prayed from, for my energy and guess what came along? My friend that's a physician opened up a wellness clinic. Her name is Erica Espinoza. You should look her up in Harlingen, Texas. She opened up a wellness clinic and she does hormone therapy. I was praying for my hormones. I've been praying over my hormones for years. And here comes my friend who I totally trust. And you know what I'm doing? I'm getting hormone therapy, right? Because that's how God decided to give me freedom in that area. So I want to bless you with this. And I'm going to pray for you that your awareness would come to a whole nother level. And I want you to ask the Lord, what areas of my life are open for attack? What areas of my life are open and vulnerable? Because you know what? Here's the thing. I will spend 20 minutes in the morning getting myself ready. I will, I promise you this, you will never see me leave my house without my pants on. You know why? Because it doesn't matter how late I am. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I'm going. I will not leave my house without my pants on. 
You know why? Because it's just a good idea to wear pants in public. Okay. When we get to a point where we realize, uh oh, that area is open. Oh, wait, that area is not covered. Oh, wait, that area needs prayer. We will not start our day without intercession. We do not want to start living our day and then only get to intercession because something went wrong. We want to get to a point where don't even get out of bed without interceding. Just sit up in your bed, give yourself five to 10 minutes and begin to intercede. Have those scriptures ready, have them written down on paper and say, God, this is what I'm setting before me today. This is the way it's going to be. I declare there's a firewall around my family, whatever scriptures you want to use and go for it and watch what happens. Watch how God performs for you. Watch how the angels line up and order your life in front of you. It is absolutely powerful and it's your inheritance. This is your gift as a believer. Don't go out there naked. Get yourself armored up in prayer and you too can feel like a gladiator. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. We have some very exciting news for you in regards to her voice movement. God has given myself and Pastor Callie Gray some very intentional strategies for the battlefield for 2021. We're calling every female to come into this strategy, have a part to play. And there will be more about this in the days to come. I want you to stay connected. I want you to follow and subscribe to this podcast. I want you to send this episode to the people that you love, the ones that the enemy goes, oh, I'll just go pick on her because she's walking around without her pants on, okay? I want you to get very intentional about spreading this message and staying close to the message of what we're doing in 2021 for Her Voice. We will be setting up a time in July for 2021 to meet as a large group And we have some other things happening from now until then. We have a Facebook group that's called Her Voice Movement, and you can definitely join. We want you to do that. But let me share something a little bit different with you. I want to ask you to join me over in a whole nother way of communication that would be helpful in case some of you are not using Facebook in the future. And this is just a way for us to come off of social media and into a different way for us to communicate. This would be through a text messaging system. I want you to write down this phone number, especially If you're not driving, please don't write this down if you're driving, but write this down when you have a chance. I'm going to give you a phone number and then I want you to text the words, her voice. And that's going to put you on a text system with me and myself or a person from my team will be texting out live videos. We will be texting out prophetic updates and we will not bother you with a whole bunch of nonsense. I can promise you that, but we want to keep you connected to a move of God that is real and genuine and honestly in need of you and your voice. So here is the phone number, text her voice to 503-468-4468. What you're going to see is that we are going to be going live on YouTube quite often in addition to live on Facebook. So if you prefer to use YouTube as a live platform, I want you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. In fact, it would really help you if you did because we will have access to some more features if we got our subscriber number up. But this YouTube channel is really easy. It's Bob and Jenny Donnelly. 
Okay, go ahead and hit subscribe in YouTube and we will see you there on live. Love you guys.